lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. If you would like to join us today... Lots of different ways you can let us know uh, what you think about what we think. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, over on MeWe, like us there at Steve Dace on Gab, which I can get working regularly now. So it looks like they've bolstered their service there a little bit. Uh, look for at Steve Dace there. I've, I've given up. Now it's Cloud Hub. I can't get to work. So I've just given up on that now. Maybe someone will tell me in a few days that it's back working again. But you can uh, like us and follow us over on Gab, which is the free speech alternative to Twitter, at Steve Dace. Uh, Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And then Rumble is the free speech alternative to YouTube. Go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Also, my new book, A Nefarious Carol, the sequel to the 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which... We can't keep on the shelves at Amazon.com right now. Uh, We just had to refill another order for a nefarious plot uh, earlier this week. The sequel book, doing very well. Um, So well that uh, the publisher called me yesterday and asked me if I would write another one of these. Because apparently you guys like this stuff. So I'm contemplating whether to do that or not. You guys have any quick thoughts? Yes or no? He's going to do it. You think I'm going to do it? What do you think? Uh, Does it help or hurt the coattails um uh, uh, presumably if they're asking for more they think people will that, want to buy it that was a rhetorical question oh, oh okay so. i got you i got you that, yes. that's like your plumb line yes. yes i got you i hear you at least as long as we're all being honest yeah, yeah i hear you okay uh, but a nefarious carol which is really it's it's the debate that goes on uh between us and the darkness in our own hearts and in our own homes uh, all of us here in America uh, is what uh, transpires one night in this book. You can get your copy today at Amazon.com. I've heard from so many of you that have read the book or listened to the audible version that my daughter and I read uh, together and loved it. appreciate that too. If you haven't done so yet, leave us a five-star review over at Amazon.com. That would be very much appreciated. Obviously, today is Inauguration Day. And for given who's getting inaugurated and what it likely means for the future... This is not a good day for a a lot of patriots in our audience. That's safe to say, right? A lot of people are not having a good day today. Yeah. And if you're Catholic like I am, it it cuts a little deeper still. I know this is going to sound trite and a terrible segue. But I'm I'm totally sincere. Like there's that scene in every rom-com where she gets dumped or she finds out he's really not that into her, right? And they look for the comfort food, right? Sure. And what's what's like one of the the the, the most oft utilized comfort foods at moments such as this? Is it ice cream? Ice cream, guys. I'm telling you right now. Okay, we we have a new client starting today, and I'm sorry I didn't get this to you guys because I it, it got delivered as I was coming into the show yesterday, and then I just didn't have time to deal with it. Okay, that. There's a new company that's uh, partnering with us on the show. It's called Brooker's Founding Flavors. And I talked to the guy who runs it uh, a few days ago. And uh, essentially, the goal is 
to uh, to create, you know, we were talking yesterday, we got to create our own ecosystems, right? Yeah. Okay, we were talking about that in the overtime. And this guy got tired of watching Ben and Jerry's make the best super premium ice cream out there. And if you look at a lot of their flavors, either, some of them are pop culture cheeky, but a lot of them are, you know, they're leftist commun- causes. I mean, they're open communists, right? Yeah. So he's like, somebody's got to do this, but from a patriotic perspective. And so he started this company called Brooker's uh, Founding Flavors Ice Cream. I, we, our family, uh, we tried, me and the kids tried three flavors last night. Uh, so we, we just did one scoop of each in a bowl to sample three of them. I'm going to tell you right now, and, and I don't think this will shock many of you. I've had my share of Ben and Jerry's ice cream over the years. Okay. Um, guys, I, this ice cream blew me away. I mean, I was blown away by how good it is. The chocolate ice cream which is basically like a death by chocolate. Like imagine when you go to Costco, they've got that death by chocolate cake there, right? Imagine if they could take the batter and all the ingredients in, that make up the batter and the frosting, but turn that into an actual ice cream. That chocolate cake, or I'm sorry, Freudian slip, that chocolate ice cream, it is the best chocolate ice cream I've had in my entire life. Like, like it took my breath away how good it was. The peanut butter chocolate, that's what Noah chose. That was excellent as well. Zoe chose the red velvet cake because she loves red velvet cake. That was incredible. I, I was blown away by how good this is. So with Valentine's Day coming up, you've done the same old chocolates and everything else, right? Year after year after year, same flowers. You want to try something different. All right. Uh, Brooker's has a ton of variety. I've got flavors in my freezer I haven't tried yet, um, like uh, uh, salted cookie, um, uh, uh, ra- black raspberry. There's there's a several there's several other cookies and cream I haven't tried yet. Um, you can go online, check these out today. Um, they're just, I mean, and they're all patriotically themed, and it's just a great ice cream, man. I'm, I was blown away by how good this is. Go to Brooker's Ice Cream, just like it sounds. Brooker'sIceCream.com. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab. And go online, check them out today. Brooker's Ice Cream. Uh, these guys, they're patriotic. Uh, they're conservatives. This is about promoting uh, the founding principles of the country. And it's it's damn good ice cream. I mean, it was incredibly good. Brooker's, just like it sounds. Brooker'sIceCream.com. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab and check them out today. All right, coming up on the show today, it is a Wednesday. So, of course, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us a little bit later on. We'll play our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Going Out with a Wimp. President Trump last night released his farewell address to the nation. We are a truly magnificent nation. All Americans were horrified by the assault on our capital. Political violence is an attack on everything we cherish as Americans. It can never be tolerated. Now more than ever, we must unify around our shared values and rise above the partisan rancor and forge our common destiny. It was about America first because we all wanted to make America great again. We restored the principle that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Our agenda was not about right or left. 
It wasn't about Republican or Democrat, but about the good of a nation. And that means the whole nation. Trump also pardoned 70 people and commuted the sentences of 73 more, disappointing many of his supporters. Instead of pardoning the likes of Silk Road founder Ross Ulbricht, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, or NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden, Trump instead dished out pardons to former 2016 campaign advisor Steve Bannon, rapper Lil Wayne, rapper Kodak Black, Shalom Weiss, who bilked the elderly out of $125 million, and corrupt former Democrat Detroit mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. Also, Trump issued an executive order in one of his final acts as president, issuing an 18-month amnesty program to thousands of Venezuelans living in the United States. To add insult to injury this morning, President Trump revoked one of his very first executive orders he signed after taking office, an executive order barring former White House officials from acting as lobbyists for five years after leaving his administration. Trump left the White House this morning for the final time as president, en route to Palm Beach, Florida. Learning Chinese today. Today's phrase is, you either drain the swamp or last long enough to see the swamp drain you. Speaking of the swamp as we speak, the inauguration of Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States is taking place. And in the place of the usual crowds that would accompany such an event, the National Mall was filled with flags. And last night, for the first time, the Lincoln Memorial reflecting pool was sidelit. And CNN is positively quivering. Those lights that are that are just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool. I look, it's like almost uh, extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. Among Biden's agenda for his first day in office is rejoining the Paris Climate Accords, strengthening DACA, stopping any current construction of the border wall, extending student loan payback pauses through September and other amazing things. Yesterday, the same day, reactions came pouring in to Biden's appointment of an obese transgender dude to be his assistant health secretary. Biden announced the formation and chairs of the so-called White House Gender Policy Council. Over on the other side of the swamp, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell is laying the rhetorical groundwork to convict Trump after his second impeachment, even after he's out of office. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president and other powerful people. In other news, former Trump campaign attorney Sidney Powell has voluntarily dropped her lawsuits to overturn election results in Georgia. Here's a live shot of the crack and she promised. Stop it. I wonder what that means. It's funny. It's spelled just like the word escape. And finally, what do we have to look forward to after all of the last couple of weeks took place? Free speech, according to the left. Here's J.P. Sears. What do you hate most about free speech? Hate speech? It's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, and if people didn't have the right to speak, then there would be no more hate speech. Yes. Brilliant. I not only wish we didn't have the right to speech and hate speech, I wish we didn't even have the right to talk about hate speech. I hate rights. <laughs> Revoking all the speeches would cleanse the world of hate and everything. <laughs> Good. I hate hate. And then you'd have a loving world. Born from the hate of freedom of speech. Hate's the only way to express love. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Home Title Lock. Got an email uh, today. 
from somebody who said, hey, we uh, on your guys' advice, we've been using Home Title Lock as a service and they caught somebody trying to scam one of our rental properties uh, and drain it of its equity. So thank you very much. And, and that's what you don't want to have happen to you, uh, whether it is a rental property or a home that you own. And that's why you don't want a crash course in home title theft. You want to instead use our friends over at Home Title Lock because cyber thieves know that a lot of our home's titles these days are online. So they go there, forge your signature on a quit claim deed, stating you sold your home to them so they can take out loans against your home, drain it of the equity, stick you with the payments, maybe even a foreclosure notice. Your bank cannot protect you, neither can homeowners insurance, but for uh, pennies on the day, uh, Home Title Lock will. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title, and in the um, unlikely event that your title is pilfered while you're under their protection, uh, they're going to back that up with uh, spending up to a quarter of a million dollars out of their own pocket in legal fees to restore your title, your home's title rightfully to you. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address. Find out if you're already a victim and don't yet know it. And then while you're there, use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Coming up in the overtime today, we're going to discuss, will the Senate... Will the Senate convict, uh, now I guess we'll say former President Trump, ex post facto, sounds weird saying that, uh, ex post facto, will they convict him? And if so, what happens as a result of that? We'll get into that in the overtime today um, with us, maybe a special guest or not. You'll see. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, we record it after The Daily Show, upload it later uh, so you can watch it on demand at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, that is also where you can go to get the biggest discounted subscription ever here at Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. $30 off an annual subscription to make sure that you can get our content directly from us and not um, have it taken away because you're getting it from big tech instead. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. <sighs> to Aaron's montage, to me, this is really a, a day of kind of reflection about where we are and 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 maybe where we're going next. And I've had... I've had several of you since last week when, um, was it last week, we went back and found the article I wrote for USA Today about the dynasty in 2013 and would they publish that article today, right? Right. In the last week, I've had several of you uh, who probably just found out, I used to write for USA Today um, before I came here, uh, several of you went and found my USA Today archive. And have tweeted it to me or sent it to me. What I wrote, I think it was in April or May, it was in May, because Cruz dropped out in May. Uh, it's what I wrote in May of 2016 when Cruz dropped out and Trump became the presumptive nominee. And I think your attempt is to make it seem like either A, uh, I pretend that I'm on board now, but I never really was, or B, um, I'm, you know, I flip-flopped on where I was before. And I don't regret anything I wrote in that piece in May of 2016. It's exactly what I thought in May of 2016. And I wouldn't have my May of 2016 uh, version of me write anything different. Because based on all the available evidence of what a Trump presidency could look like, unless you were just hoping or deceiving yourself, but all the best evidence we had is it was going to look an awful lot like what I warned about in that piece in 2016. The the reason why I got on board with supporting him during his presidency is because um, 
I'm I, I, I'm not living in any bigger house. I, I still drive the same car I was driving when he got elected. Um, I, I, you know, now there's a chance this year with the amount of books we're selling and making a movie that, for the first time, I I could see a. a a sizable jump in my income in the last few years, but that would actually come after he left office. <laughs> All right. The whole time he was here, I, I got nothing out of this on a professional level. Nothing. In fact, if anything, it held me back because on a daily basis, life in my line of work became orange man, bad or Cheeto Jesus saves. And I just refused to sign up for either one of those. I'm, I'm interested in what the truth is. And the truth is that Donald Trump was a much better president. Now, I, I admit going in, my, my expectations were. But he exceeded them by far. For my belief system, he's the best president we've had since Ronald Reagan. That doesn't mean that I thought that it was like a great presidency as a standalone product. That doesn't mean that I thought um, there are areas where he could not have done better. But when you look at the accomplishments that he did, despite the way he can frustrate you with his persona at times, I, I cannot think of an American presidency since Reagan left office that did more for my belief system than his. That's what changed my mind. I didn't get anything offered to me at all. Um, I, I got nothing offered to me, actually. I, I, I felt like at times last year, trying to utilize every relationship I had into the White House over COVID and shutdowns, it felt like a good portion of last year, I was fighting harder to get Trump reelected than he was and getting no response, right? Um, so it just came down to, he had a much better record than I anticipated. And I'm happy about that. I think a lot of people these last few years fell into a trap. And it's a trap that I would have fell, fallen into too. I'm not superior to those who fell into it. It, it. I'm just the same, which is why I recognized and came in here the day after he won the election and had to let never Trump go. I had to let it go. Because if I didn't, I knew that I would, I would, I would seek vindication for that decision more than anything else. You know what I mean? That, that I, I would look at all my analysis every time there was a misstep. I would, my own bias would sit in. I would want to be proven right. I would want to be justified in not voting for him in 2016. And I think what you saw for a lot of people, that's the trap that they fell into. People that used to fight alongside of us on issues suddenly just betrayed those principles they like abandoned positions they held for decades years because of orange man bad i thought going into this presidency much of it would be like what this last 10 months has been or since march 11th basically since march 11th this presidency has been a Sophocles tra tragedy. Tragedy. It's been Agamemnon. We just, Agamemnon. I can't even pronounce it. We just all drink the, and then we all just drink the hemlock at the end. Except we're the ones drinking the hemlock now because we're the ones that are sitting here knowing what's coming next. You know, it, it's kind of funny. <laughs> the good news is there's never been a better market for unfiltered truth telling. Never, never been a better market for it than there is right now. That's the good news, right? Uh, the bad news is the people that control what comes to market have never had less tolerance for it than they do right now. So 
there we are. But I think too many people weren't able to maintain their own credibility in this era. And we're too desirous of celebrating, you know, somebody sent me today, maybe you're not losing followers days because you're of your Twitter purge, but because you expected Trump to be a superhuman candidate. I didn't expect him to do that. I don't think it's too much to ask, though, not to pardon a bunch of corruptocrats on the way out the door. I lived in Michigan. I can tell you what Kwame Kilpatrick and and Coleman Young before him and all those that, that machine, it's as corrupt as it gets. That machine, by the way, that Kwame Kilpatrick was put in prison for overseeing is where you guys got Wayne County, Michigan and dumps and ballots of votes, folks. Where do you think that machine comes from? It comes from the people like Kwame Kilpatrick that the president pardoned today. I don't think it's too, I mean, isn't Steve Bannon being charged with ripping off Trump's own supporters? Isn't that the charge? They used that, that he used the build the wall fund basically to, to, to money launder. Isn't that the charge? All the best people, Steve. Yeah, now, maybe that's not true. I don't know, but I'm certainly wouldn't be in a, you know, I, I, if, if the guy was charged with bilking my own supporters, I wouldn't be in a hurry to give him a get out of jail free card. I, I maybe would leave him on his own to defend his, defend himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought his entire presidency was going to be a lot like what these last couple of weeks have been. Weak. I thought after the election, he would go on the campaign trail and do rallies around the country and raise the stakes on, on voter fraud. Never did that. Just hid in the White House while Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell were doing God knows what they were doing, what they were up to. And we're never going to find out because she dropped her lawsuit. So we're never going to really know. Um, I thought that that pardon list looked like a weak attempt to beg the swamp not to convict him ex post facto out of office. There's nothing America first in that entire list. We're here today because he handed the reins of his presidency over to Fauci and Burks on March the 11th and never, ever really got him back. Because that set into motion the excuse and rationale for the voter mail-in voter scheme that ended up undoing him on election day and us, frankly. Now, I thought his entire presidency was going to be that. That's why I didn't vote for him. But until that point, until March 11th, this was a very good presidency. After March 11th, that is if you can tolerate the obnoxious behavior. And if, if you're somebody that, I, you know, um, mean tweets, so communism, you, you're, you don't deserve America. So you, and you deserve everything you're about to get. I have no sympathy for you. In fact, I hope you choke on, like I wrote five years ago, I hope you choke on what you're about to get. You earned it. You deserve it. You voted for it. But for, the, for those of us that were able to, to, to push that aside and just look at the fact we had the largest growth of median family income since 1969. We had the highest percentage of Americans in the workforce in the history of that stat being kept with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We had the highest minority employment of all time uh, in the history of that statistic. Uh, we didn't start any new wars. We saw historic peace deals all throughout the Middle East and, and didn't ask Israel to give anything away to make that happen. Nothing. We didn't give anything away to make that happen. Those are historic achievements. But in the end, in the end, 
you can't rise above your own worldview. I've said that for years. And the reason we're sitting here today isn't because of 4 a.m. vote dumps. Those are the symptoms. We're sitting here today, and I, I you know, you know, I, <laughs> I live in Iowa. My career, frankly, has been made because of the role I play in the Iowa caucus process. That, that that's just being honest, right? Yeah. If it weren't for that, then I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Someone else would be doing this. That's how you go from Des Moines to, you know, uh, after, you know, the the show after Glenn Beck on one of the largest platforms in the country. I have like almost no interest in the 2024 Iowa caucuses right now because I'm not confident platforms like ours are going to survive as you've always known them and access them in what's coming, let alone the political process. I think we need to be more fixated and focused on that right now. We got we to gotta ensure our immediate survival right now and let hopefully let 2024 arrive in its own time frame. But that notwithstanding... This presidency, despite the, tr- the Greek tragedy it was March 11th on, how he won the White House, and then what he did those first few years, because it should be noted, and, I, and if I'm guilty of anything, I don't note this enough, and when many of you point this out to me as criticism, you're correct. I should note it more. I mean, the idea that no president in American history has been more opposed than him. I mean, I don't know. How'd you like to play, Mrs. Lincoln? Okay, let's not go that far. But short of assassination or open civil war, open secession, short of assassination or open secession, I don't know of another president who received more pushback, much of it completely fake, hoax-filled, and illegitimate than this one did from day one. The fact that he accomplished those things despite that Hell, the fact that his presidency lasted until we got to March 11th, despite that, in some respects, is a bit of a miracle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Mueller probes and impeachments and everything else. There are positive lessons that we can learn. Um, the number one lesson to me, the number one achievement of the Trump presidency is clarity. For years in my career, I have fought for clarity. I was told by people at National Review uh, and others at the time, I couldn't tell the truth about Mitt Romney's record. I couldn't tell the truth about John McCain's record. All my career, I have fought for clarity. And it's ironic because a lot of people think the outgoing president is a debased liar. That's what a lot of Americans think. The reality, though, is whatever you may think of him on a personal character standpoint, politically, he is the most clarifying force I have ever seen or ever read or studied in American politics. I've never seen more people eager to expose their real motivations and who they really are as we have seen these last few years. That's a tremendous benefit to us. We need to be encouraged by that. All There are no more wolves in sheep's clothing left anymore. Those are all gone now. There's just wolves, there's sheep, and then there's sheepdogs. That's all that's left. Now the question is, for those of us that are the sheepdogs, what are we going to do with that revelation? That is the greatest gift of the Trump presidency. We all know where we stand You know where everybody else stands. We know who everybody is. If we succumb to Cicero's enemy in the gate, 
at the in the future, that's an us problem. Because Trump did us a solid there. Everybody's on blast now. Everybody's exposed. And the question for, for the rest of us is, what are we going to do with that revelation? Will we fail in the use of that knowledge? Will we return back to political porn? Leave me alone, I'm baiting to Fox Hub every night, Tucker Carlson notwithstanding. Will we go right back into team GOP mode because confronted by how bad and how far left the Democrats go? Will we go right back into the zombified trance that we were in before that helped enable the other side to conduct its long march through the institutions? Will we do that? To put it the way the other side says it. Are we woke? Are we awake? What are we going to do with the gift of knowledge that the Trump presidency provided us? Because that's not just going to say a lot about the future of our values and our platforms. That's going to say a lot about the future of this country as well. Because we are all that's standing between them and this country becoming another version of China. Consumer-driven statist Marxism. But really, the values that make any form of a culture great or exceptional have all been put down or are underground. That's the challenge for us now. Trump shined a light. Now, what are we going to do with it? More in a moment. Yeah, losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about options you have on the table. Uh, you can call your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy. Try not to go broke as you're trying to avoid going bald. Or there's a better option. Try keeps from the comfort of your own home where you're going to get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but keeps offers the generic versions for about half of the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about keeps, all of it's online. So you just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And it's shipped directly to your door. So um, big savings uh, with the generic versions, the convenience of having it all online shipped to you. How about one more thing of big savings at the exact same time? Half off your first order to get you started right now at keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S. Keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order today at keeps.com slash grow let's play one more time again our one of our favorite segments each week by seller hold our producer aaron with some help from those of you in the audience uh no topic is off limits hopefully none are boring uh todd you and i will be asked depending on what's put on the screen it could be a prediction position a list of some kind do we buy it are we selling it hopefully we have at least a good reason why if we don't buy or don't know especially in these unprecedented times Bing. Uh, we will put a hold on it uh, looking for more information hopefully at a later date Aaron 
We'll start with our friend Chris Pandolfo, who says the backlash against big tech censorship and Biden policy overreaches will be greater than the backlash against Republicans for the January 6th storming of the Capitol in 2022 specifically. Um, yeah, I don't actually see much evidence of a backlash against Republicans for that outside of the punditry class. Where else? I don't, the January, I don't, I don't see a lot of evidence of that. Um, Trump's approval rating and depends on which poll you think is accurate. Russ Rasmussen, Wall Street Journal, I, I have no clue. But regardless of which one you think is has the more accurate approval rating, the metric that they have been measuring hasn't been altered one way that much or the other by that. So um, I, I, don't, I think the backlash is from the punditry class. I think the backlash is from Twitter. I, I don't... I will tell you, uh, listen, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not necessarily endorsing this. I'm just telling you a story, right? So a friend of mine lives in New York City. Um, So does his family. And I I, I, I probably, the Blaze would, would be angry with me if I read several of the emails that I received around the country on January the 6th. In the days immediately thereafter. Because let's just say most of you have a take on this that is not with the accepted take within the district, within the, the capital, District 1, is. R or D. And uh, so a, a buddy of mine calls me up. Uh, he's all concerned. We look, this is going to be a huge blowback. We look bad. And I'm listening to him and I'm like, I don't know. I, I mean, Listen, I'm not for riots. If I was for riots, I'd be rioting. I'm not for riots, but I'm not entirely sure that outside of Washington, D.C. and New York and a bunch of media that already hates us, that everyone else... Now, now keep in mind, this is before the cop, the policeman had been killed. Now, we still don't really know what happened there, right? No one's been charged for his crime, for his murder or anything, right? Okay. So, we, am I correct on that? You guys, I'm, I'm I asking. So. I believe so. Okay. So, we, we just know that a cop was killed. We, we don't definitively know who or what did it yet, from my understanding. But this is before that news had come out, okay? Um. And I said, I don't know, I'm, what I'm seeing in my inbox is a little bit different than probably what you're hearing there in the uh, NYC and, and D.C. And he goes, it's funny you should mention that. He goes, I, I, heard, I heard things from my mom, my 60-year-old mother, I never thought I'd ever hear. I mean, multiple F-bombs. She's really angry. And... She's like, so a few windows get broken up there and, and, and now we got to call in the 101st Airborne. Our city's got burnt down. Our businesses got destroyed for months, months, and nothing was done. And he's like, I just, I've never seen that kind of anger out of my mama. Okay. Um, so I, that's more in line of what was in my inbox. I, so I, I don't know outside of the Twitter sphere or the blogosphere or or the media sphere. I, I don't know where there's evidence of this kind of huge backlash. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean, maybe if we had the Georgia runoffs last week, 
Republicans would have lost them even worse. I mean, they might. I don't I don't know. Uh, so I'm not saying that there isn't a backlash, Chris. I'm just saying the evidence, the places where I see a backlash are places that really aren't relevant to the vast majority of Americans, no matter how they voted on November the 3rd. So I, I think your proposition is likely to be successful because of that. Because the big tech censorship is going to have far more daily reaching implications on the average American than what went on on January the 6th. Hmm. I'm, I'm selling. Uh, I think the imp- Trump was impeached and he didn't deserve to be. And now Ditch is over there talking about uh, following through on that with a guy who isn't even president anymore. I mean, it's totally, uh, this is living rent free in Republicans' heads. The humana, humana, humana is about uh, apologizing and uh, this is just not who we are. Breathlessly, we're talking about 9 11 commissions uh, to study what happened. The press is freely calling uh, anybody who voted for Trump a domestic terrorist. Meanwhile, most people don't even use Twitter. We, we've talked about that uh, on, on this show. Uh, I, I'm going. I'd like that to be true, but I don't believe it. Let me add one thing to, I I know I said earlier, I'm not even knee deep in the 2024 cycle stuff yet, but I will say this based on what I am seeing. Um, If you're, if, if you don't have an, if you're weak on election integrity and, and don't have a plan to do something about it and don't have a plan to do something about big tech censorship and haven't shown that you are willing to do something about it. I don't think you have any chance. If we, if we're fortunate enough to sustain this system for another few years of stability and we get to 2024, I don't think if you're weak on those two things, I I don't, I don't think you have any chance of being the GOP nominee. Up next, Tyler at the Whiskey Pod says, after GOP and conservatives destroy each other in a civil war, Matt Schlapp will be left with two choices, cancel CPAC or have Steve give the keynote. He cancels CPAC. (laughs) I'm going to sell. Moving this thing to Florida, I think, was a statement. And I think it was not just a statement about getting it uh, outside of D.C. because of the restrictions there, but I also think it was a statement about where the balance of influence and power is shifting in the what's left of America. And it's shifting in the direction of individuals like Ron DeSantis. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that um, he's going to be the nominee, but a figure, something like what people think he is right now, is who's most likely going to be the nominee. Now, it may not be him. I mean, if you would have if you would have stopped me, you know, early 2013. I'm at CPAC early 2013. And and I was there early 2013. And if someone would have came to me and said, Man, Scott Walker's gonna be a tremendous disappointment, flame out of this thing and not even make it to the Iowa caucuses, I'd have just said. You're nuts, man. That's no way that's going to happen. When, when, when I wrote Rules for Patriots that came out a year later, when I finished that manuscript that summer, the publisher asked me if I was going to just go ahead and endorse Scott Walker now because there were so many positive references to him in the tome. I actually had to take a few out if you guys were, well, you guys weren't working here then. I had to take a few out because it was 
There weren't too many examples of Republicans doing the stuff I recommended, and he was one of the few doing it at the time, you know? And so if you would have told me that he would show up running for president and end up being the consultant, cliche-spewing um, uh, cad that he turned out to be based on the governor we saw, I'd have never guessed it. So maybe that when Ron DeSantis goes to run, he does the same thing. So it's not about him uh, yet individually, but I think moving it to Florida there's more symbolism there than let's just get out of DC. So I'm going to sell. They're they're going to put they're going to pull that thing off. They're making a statement by putting it to Florida. But whether or not they'll make a statement once they're in Florida is why I'm going to buy this. I, I the premise of the question is strong because it really either cancel this thing or or have the, the Steve Daces of the world be the keynote speakers. Because then you will have admitted, you know what, guys, we suck at this. We've sucked at this for a long time. We may have gotten rich of that. And so if that was your only bottom line, then okay. But in terms of act, it, it's, it's speaking to what you just said about Scott Walker. The CPACs of the world, all of the enablers inside and out everywhere, are why ultimately... Scott Walker tax the way they do. They are individually responsible for their various cowardices and triangulations. But they know, they know they're not swimming in a sea that demands authentic conservatism. It just doesn't. I'll say this. I, I'm, I, I literally just received this as we're talking about it. I've got an email here inviting me to broadcast from CPAC in Orlando at the end of February. So I used to get these all the time. I, I don't recall I'll seeing one you. in the last few years. So just like to preemptively say you need a producer when you go down there <laughs> in February. Up next, the HDK says the U.S. will mimic Ireland in 1960 as far as government overreach uh, and will lead to the rise of an American version of the IRA. Uh, I, I'm going to sell on the hope that that does not happen. If that happens, we failed. And what I, because what I mean by that is we, we have numerous peaceable opportunities. We don't have to go John Brown here. I mean, that, 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 there's numerous opportunities to do power under control, to take advantage of the freedom that we still have. So if that were to happen in America, first of all, the other reason I'm going to sell is the minute you guys, any of you guys ever try doing something like that? They're rolling all the tanks out. That's what you. That's what. That's what was. See, they're afraid you're about to do that, and that's why they. That's why they mobilized militarily the way that you have seen for this inauguration. And their phasers won't be set on stun. The minute you try that, they're rolling all the tanks out. That's number one. That's a zero sum game. Number two, that's also a failure. That's not power under control. Uh, and, and the situations aren't analogous anyway, because, you know, you had the whole question of Ireland, is it a sovereign state? Is it under the, the British crown? Right. There, there, there's more complications there than our own situation. We have way too much freedom to say no to this. That it just shouldn't come to that. That would just be a failure. That would be, and it would be our own failure. It, it would mean that we didn't take advantage of all of those opportunities. 
But here's, here's how we, if you want to know how that kind of a thing forms, in my view, it's because what we did is we, after the Trump era, we all went back home, back to our silos, watched, got off on Fox Hub, tried voting Republican again two or three more times, realized that that was never going to work under the current paradigm. And then we, all those freedoms were so gone that they're threatened right now. They're threatened right now. But what I'm talking about in an immediate future where they're just gone. And so we feel like we have nothing left to do but that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a failure. That's a failure. And I wouldn't confuse the IRA with the Sons of Liberty either. Todd, your thoughts? Oh, I'm expecting a lot of failure. I'm buying. Listen, when you're watching a president swear on the Bible and right out of the gate promising, not, not because things came up and he's reacting predictably. No, he's going on offense and saying our priorities are way more baby killing and gender bending. Expect the worst. I'm buying. Up next, Just in Time 28 Up says Deshaun Watson will be playing for a team not named the Houston Texans for the 2021 NFL season. I'll buy. It won't be the Colts. They're not going to trade him in their own division. Somebody like Matt Stafford will be the quarterback of the Colts next year. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'll I buy that. If I had to guess, uh, he'll be the New Orleans Saints quarterback or the uh, Las Vegas Raiders quarterback next year. Hmm. I'll buy. Hmm. That's all. I'll buy all of that. That's all interesting. Up next, Bacon says, deny. By the way, can I say why I chose those two teams? Because I think, especially in the Saints case, but the Raiders also made some big improvements at times this year. Both of those teams probably believe, especially in the Saints case, with the roster they have right now, essentially mortgage your next two drafts to get a guy like a Deshaun Watson because your window is open right now, but it's closing. Does that make sense? So that's why, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Up next, uh, Bacon says, denying that Biden was legitimately elected will be made illegal, similar to Holocaust denial laws. Uh, that won't happen. Uh, it'll be made. It'll be made effectively illegal by getting you banned off of platforms. See, you guys, you got to change your thinking. The problem isn't big government. The problem is fascism. What's the old-fashioned definition of fascism before we just called everything we don't agree with fascism, right? Okay. The old-fashioned definition of fascism is an alliance between elites in the public and private sector to govern a country. Sometimes it's referred to as an oligarchy or a plutocracy. That's the old-fashioned definition of fascism. The, the, I don't believe a single state, except maybe California, will tell you that you can't go anywhere without these vaccines. They're going to have private industry do it. Their corporate partners are going to do it. Can't get on our planes. Can't come to our amusement parks. Can't come to our games. Can't come to our conferences. Can't come to our concerts. That's what they're going to do. That's how this is going to work. They're not going to like put, not even in Massachusetts are they going to say, it's against the law to deny Biden won the election. They're just going to have all their buddies in big tech ban anybody who, would, who, who proffers that up. So that what happens is big government then doesn't get the blame because big business did it. So the private sector and hell, one third of the people wearing our uniform will write glowing white papers about how this is okay because that's the private sector and just go build your own economy if you don't like it, right? Mm -hmm. And then big, big, big business then uh, when you don't like them blames it on big government and they shift blame so that you nail jello to a door and don't ever hold anybody accountable. Sell. Sell. But public officials within government, there may be... uh, sanctions against them within government yeah hour two coming your way more buy seller hold next
back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. All of you, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Like Steve Dace on Facebook. Uh, follow Steve Dace on Gab. Uh, try, I guess, on CloudHub. That seems to be broken now. Uh, also, look for uh, Steve Dace. That's me on MeWe. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter at Steve Dace Show on Rumble and then go to our new YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Dace and the last name of course is D-E-A-C-E uh, if you're a podcast listener we appreciate you every bit as much please show your appreciation for us too uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that yet leave us a five star review as well if you've yet to do that too thank you to all of you that have done those uh, things for us already and we appreciate thousands of you have left us five-star reviews. We appreciate each and every one. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, our good friend, Daniel Horowitz, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, will be uh, joining us to take us inside politics. Also, want to let you know again about our friends over at Omega XL. If you have been putting off for too long dealing with that pain that comes from inflammation not injury if you've got an injury go get it medically treated but if you've got pain from inflammation causing that stiff uh, joints those stiff joints uh, the stiffness in your neck back shoulders for me it's the hip flexor check out our friends at Omega XL I use this product each and every day it's part of my regimen uh, and it really works backed by 35 years of clinical research it attacks the inflammation that's causing that pain stiffness Soreness. And you can try it right now. Get one bottle and get uh, buy one, get another one for free. Buy one, get one free. When you go to OmegaXL.com, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or just give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Real quick, are you guys inauguration watchers? Have no, you ever been in the past? Not really. Oh, yeah. Are you? Sure. Okay, like if, like every single one? Well, I have had the, you know, before working here, working at the register, so lots of TVs at work, the sure. kind of job where you'd watch like it's, it. Even, so. if, even, if, even if the guy you wanted to win was getting inaugurated, right. we couldn't be watching right now because we're live on the right. air. Right. Yeah, you, I used to be, and Bush's second inaugural address, I think I've told this story before, I'm a baby Christian, I'm, you know, my wife's at the hospital with complications for Zoe, sent me home because I was a nervous wreck, making it, making it, her nervous. And so I'm at home, I'm, in, I'm on my knees begging God to let George W. Bush beat John Kerry, right? Um, we get to his second inaugural address and I'm so excited to watch it. And he draws a moral equivalency between whatever foul thing from hell Muhammad spoke with to, um, in that cave, to uh, Moses at Mount Sinai and Christ uh, in the Beatitudes. And I, I, I just turned it off and I haven't watched a second of an inauguration since. since. You know, I'm, remember, I'm the guy who watched The West Wing because I like the execution of the work of the White House. It's the same thing. The inauguration day, it, it, it should be a special thing. It should be a galvanizing thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, if I was not sitting right here right now, would I be watching it? The answer is no. And that would be the first time I would have ever, and that's including both of uh, Obama's. I, I, I would have watched both of those. All right. Back to buy. Seller hold part two. Aaron. 
Up next is Ken Plumley, who says, Lord Fauci, the magnificent flip-flops again within the next couple of weeks, saying that the danger of COVID is passing, except in places like Florida, South Dakota, <laughs> and anywhere else that didn't bow the knee to him. Um, bye. I'll, you had me at Lord Fauci flip-flops. So, bye. I mean... He will literally opine for publicity. Whatever take you need him to give, say, there, there's there's no expertise there. There's just um, spin. So, I mean, I could come up with we've 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 come up with all kinds of things of him saying that we have proven are not true. Right? We could almost come up with as many clips of him saying things we actually agree with that are true. If you want to know, if you want an Anthony Fauci position. He's everywhere. He's got he's he's like Mitt Romney. He is passionate about both sides of this issue. Okay, so uh, any just about anything involving a Anthony Fauci flip flop, I'm a buy. Bye. Next up, EU Tiger eighty nine says Trump is a beta male, not an alpha male. I wouldn't go that far. Um, I, I'll sell. Um, I think. I, I think um, it's tough to it, it, not everybody can be a badass for all seasons okay and I think one of the things that Trump did really well in building his fortune is picking out who in the Manhattan real estate game was weak calling their bluff and beating them at a high-end poker table, essentially. And I think he recognized a lot of those metrosexual type of uh, wimps in the media, like the guy in CNN, you know, uh, Chief Gobble Much Tool, or whatever that guy's name was. What did you say his name was? That, that uh, the, the lights are, are Biden reaching out to America? Jeffrey, it doesn't matter what his name is. Jeffrey Tubin Jr.? Yeah, it doesn't matter what his name is. It's the correct answer because he's legion, right? And I think Trump saw a lot of those same kinds of no-sack, uh, no-soul people in the media that he encountered in the Manhattan real estate game and realized he could do them like he did the Manhattan real estate game. I think where Trump failed, and so I think in that in those markets... He's absolutely an alpha, and I think that you cannot deny, and I say this with frustration at working for one of the candidates that opposed him in the primary, you cannot deny that in every primary, except for one, in every primary debate, no, there were two. There were two primary debates that he was not the alpha male. The, fir the first one was, the was one of the debates right before the caucuses where Cruz expertly pulled off the reply on the natural born citizen thing. And pointed out that by Trump's own standard, he's not because his mother was born in Scotland and pulled his pants down. And you watch the rest of that debate. And that's when I knew we were going to win Iowa. I mean, I remember coming in the next day and telling you guys we won the caucuses last night because you could see Trump's persona shrink and shrink more and more as that night went on after that moment early on. And then the second time was the debate when it was Rubio and Cruz and Trump all three together. And Rubio and Cruz essentially ganged up on Trump. Other than that, there was really no other moments I can think of except for caucus night when he lost and he came out and gave that five minute address and then walked out, right? Those are about the only times you can think of in that whole primary cycle that he wasn't the alpha male in the cycle, right? Yeah. For the most part. The, 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 the issue with Trump, where he goes, where, where the weakness comes in is because he's not a man of deep ideological conviction, 
when you run up against people that aren't, you know, it's the speech that um, Michael Caine's um, uh, Michael Caine's Alfred gives to Bruce Wayne when he tells him about the the tribal chief and they 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 tried paying him off. He didn't care. Some people just want to watch the world burn. I think I think Trump thought that he was going to transactional the poop out of Washington D.C. when he got there. Right. Yes. I'm going to put Rex Tillerson, who hates me, as my Secretary of State. I'm going to put Mitch McConnell's wife. I'm going to give her a job. Right. Okay. The art uh, yeah. of the deal. Yes. I'm going to pay. I'm going to put their, their, the judge Carl Rove wants Brett Kavanaugh. I'm going to put him on the bench. I think he thought that he was going to transactional the poop out of Washington D.C. And he ran into a spirit of the age that just frankly. Donald J. Trump doesn't have the core convictions and the worldview to withstand and confront. That's not his game. That's not who he is. All right. And he ran up against the Klingons. The Klingons don't take prisoners, meaning they don't negotiate. There's not a negotiation happening here. You're negotiating against yourself. And that's why when he could singularly do the things we wanted him to do, he almost always did them, right? When he could singularly do it, he almost always did it. The only thing he didn't do that we wanted him to do was defy the courts. Everything else that he could singularly do that we wanted him to do, he pretty much did. But anytime it involved moving the the fulcrum of Washington, D.C. our way, he failed. I can't think of a time he was successful. He failed every single time or often didn't even try. That's why. There was no negotiation to take place. Only defeat. And I think that's the lesson we have to learn. We have to learn that this next time, if we can make it that far, and I don't, I'm not 100% confident we will. And I'm not saying that, by the way, to depress you more, but to, 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 to I, I, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of this environment. I've been fighting for this environment. I've wanted everybody out in the open. I've wanted everything exposed, who everyone is. My whole career has been about that. I'm excited for this. My fear, though, is that... Uh, too many of you will go back home, turn on the Fox Hub, and scream, leave me alone, I'm baiting, rather than stay in the game and mobilized for the time we have right now. Because if you do that, you're going to wake up one day or in six to nine months. We're not going to be here anymore. You're, the values and the platforms that stand for them, they'll get rid of them all. We have to stay engaged. Who among you is running for state legislature? County Board of Supervisor, school board, who's doing it? You have to stay engaged. If we get into this mindset, let's just go home, you know, uh, leave me alone, I'm baiting to Fox Hub, who's our 2024 dude? If we do that, we will not make it to 2024. Or at least if we do, <laughs> what's left of America won't even be recognizable. Or, or If you think it's not salvageable now, take on that paradigm and then just wake up in four years when the when the when the when the candidates are here, and you're going to be saddened at what remains. So I am not afraid of this environment. I'm not afraid of big tech censorship or any of that. Give me the fight, man. And maybe it's my own arrogance. I'm pretty confident I can handle myself in a fight when the enemy is right in front of me. It's the dude shanking me from the back, which has gone on too damn often in this industry or quote unquote movement. That's the one I can't defend myself against. That's all out in the open now. There's no more wolves in sheep's clothing now. So I'm excited. I think you guys would say that a pretty high energy level here for the last few days on this show. Sure. And off the air too.
But the question is, though, will you guys out there in the audience, will you retreat to the paradigm that we had before? If you do and start already looking ahead and plotting out for four years from now, I'm not I'm not sure we're going to make it because the battle's right here now in front of us. Right here now. So that's my fear. And 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 if we but if we can get that far, if we do the right things now, your next champion has to be somebody that has the worldview convictions to stand up to the spirit of the age. To not just say, well, I don't want to be, I, I mean, it's New York City, it's my hometown. They told me 200,000 people are going to die. Anthony Fauci, take my presidency. It's all yours. No! Someone that says, you know, I'm going to need a little bit more than your word for it before we just hand over the Bill of Rights and people's businesses. I'm going to need more than your IHME model at the University of Washington. I want a second opinion. Who are these Stanford guys? That's a pretty highfalutin school. Who's these Stanford guys out there saying, don't do this, bring them in. I want to talk to them. Somebody with that level of conviction because you didn't have it this time. And so when it was him against, against the plankton of the system, the media, eh, that's, now they're more powerful than that. It, it was him against a certain level of the system. He was the alpha in the room. He owned them. We cannot deny that. But understand, though, when we, when, we, when, we got, when we got to the Emerald City and when we really got into the lair of the Wizard of Oz, it's at that moment that he shrunk because he didn't have the worldview to stand up to this. It's not who he is. This time, you're not looking for a master negotiator. You're not looking for a master troll. You're looking for somebody who understands the times and, and what to do about them. Somebody who understands we are up against a spirit of the age. And that requires a two-pronged approach. Number one, the ability to command the bully pulpit to win in the arena of ideas. Number one. And not crap on himself in that arena. Don't make threats you then don't follow up on. Stuff like that. But then number two, if you give me the power, I am going to punish my opponents with that power. I will fire people. I will purge people. I'll defund big tech for censoring my constituents. Stuff like that. Who will use that power? Use it. Wield it. That's what I think you're looking for if we make it that far. Uh, I am selling, and I think by telling, by calling him a beta, you're giving this distinction too much credit. It's important distinction, but it's not the alpha and the omega, if you will. There's, it doesn't mean he was an alpha all the time and didn't sometimes do beta things. That he was always winning. Uh, that he was always moral. It means none of those things. It, it's a quality that is about: Are you willing to more times than not? Or just by default, are you the center of the room? And it's undeniable that since the time Trump came down the escalator, he has been the center of this room for good or for bad. It's why the entire apparatus of progressivism had to go like Thanos pulling the moon out of the sky to defeat him. Everything was upended 
to defeat him, including the necromancy of Biden, the two most failed. But if you just pound for pound, the two most failed candidates in the Democratic election are now president and vice president of the United States. That all happened because whatever had to be done was going to be done to defeat Donald Trey Trump. So it's clear by that standard that he's an alpha. If you're a beta, you don't demand that level of attention on any level. Next up, Doug McCone says Patrick Mahomes will return for the AFC championship game and will dominate. The Super Bowl will be seen as MVP versus MVP with the Packers winning it all. Yes. Don't put too many predictions in one tweet. You do that. Too many of you do that. Don't do that. So I agree he's going to return and probably dominate on Sunday because the Bills defense is actually not very good. Um, At least not as good as it has been the last few years. But um, I don't agree on the second part. So sell. You guys put too many things in there. You make me accept too many of your premises to agree. I I agree he's going to return. And I I don't think he's going to dominate. And here's why. Because he's... He's Patrick Mahomes. He's always special, but the Chiefs. Here's what's more scary to me: they just win, baby. They they've won. Uh, and Aaron, I think, will back me up on this. They've they've won a lot of games that were tight until the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And and Patrick Mahomes does special things, but his his stat sheet isn't uh, like utterly through the roof. It's clear that just because of his skill set, he pulls certain plays off at certain times. That's what he's just got that it factor. That's what's the scariest thing about uh, the Chiefs. Not only him, but the Chiefs right now. It seems like I mean, they, you think you're saying the Chiefs can now win ugly. They don't have oh, to yeah. win with him throwing. For and they, and a they fantasy seem, football player of the week stat and, line, and they yeah. seem to do it all the time, and they seem confident they can. That's a sign of a great team. I mean, it's the first franchise in the history of the uh, merger. No team has hosted three—not even the steel curtain teams of the seventies—have right. hosted three straight AFC championship games. Meaning they were the team with the best record remaining heading into the final right. weekend of the playoffs. They're the first team to do it. So you're right about that. Last loss was on November tenth of twenty nineteen. <laughs> Next up. Rally Squirrel Esquire says, for those of us who don't wear ma- a mask, we should double the number of masks we're currently wearing. <laughs> oh, I like it. Bye. 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 I, I think we should go with let's identify. I identify as wearing a mask. Yes. I mean, I kind of identify for having body parts I don't have. Why, why can I not identify for putting something on my body I'm not wearing? You are truly progressive in body, mind, and soul. Thank you. Why hasn't anybody thought of this yet? I had an idea. Could could you just, uh, I don't know, indulge me for a few minutes here? Sure. So my mask protects you, correct? And your your mask protects me. I mean, that's the propaganda, right? Why don't I take off my mask, give it to you, you wear it inside out with your original mask, that way we're both protected and I don't have to wear a mask. (laughs) That's logic. Right? I like it. I like that. Yes. Fedigator says in 2021, a member of Trump's team slash administration will be arrested and perp walked in front of all the cameras. I mean, we saw it, it in 2017, 2018. So, um, yeah. So bye. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Yeah. Up next, we have this deal is getting worse all the time. Who says nice. 11 million illegals will be given a path to citizenship by this administration, meaning the Biden administration, and every effort will be made to relocate them to Texas. Bye. Okay, I could buy that. Yeah. Is it bad? No, I mean, I could see the current yes, governor of Texas actually Here's- saying that this is how we, this is how we show that uh, we're better 
than uh, than our opponents. We let them. We import a bunch of voters. Uh, we let them uh, import a bunch of new voters into the system illegally. And tell so. somebody they just won a gigantic win. They're not going to moderate. Here's your. Is it bad? Yes. Here's your rubric for how you answer these questions. Is, is it bad? Yes or no? Yeah. And then if it's bad, then they're going to do it. I agree. I agree they're not going to moderate at all, but I also think that given their their scant governing majorities is going to create plenty of tension within their own ranks, okay? Because not everybody is from Ocasio-Cortez's and Nancy Pelosi's district. Not everybody is is a senator from Chuck Schumer's New York. Not everybody is. That scantness was all there a year ago, more than a year ago. December, they could try and get off of Trump. They They can't do that now. Now they're in charge. Now here's here's something that's I've I've thought about as well with regards to that, Steve. Do you think the, the swampiest swamp creatures on the right or Republicans? Do you think they feel more emboldened now to screw over Trump's base, meaning their base? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So the majority really doesn't matter. Well, if as you're saying, a bunch of them are going to vote with. See, that team GOP won't do that. Here, that won't be screwing over Trump's base. They would be doing us. A, why do you think I'm rooting for them to convict him? They would be doing us a giant favor if they voted for a bunch of Joe Biden stuff. By my goodness. Dude, do you know how freaking lit the 2022? A woman named Cheney is about to get ejected from a from a Republican Party in the state of Wyoming that didn't largely exist Mm -hmm. because of her own family. If they went out there in the open, Aaron, we want them to do what you just said. But we're not thinking about 2022, 2024, are we? No, we're not. They are. They don't think the way we do. That's all they think about is the next cycle. The Republicans are never going to. You know what? Get on your knees and pray they do what Aaron just suggested. Get on your knees and pray that these Republicans vote for a bunch of Biden stuff. Holy crap. To what end? To think that they're screwing people like us over and being honest because it would cause a primary cycle unlike we have ever seen. But we're not thinking about the primary cycle right now. We're just thinking about the next step. You just asked me about the primary cycle, though. That's what you just asked me. Yes, but I'm okay. saying, but let, let me reset this because I, I think we're talking past each other a little bit. If our goal is just like the next six months or whatever, I think in the next six months, Republicans are going to try to school, screw people like you and me over, which is why I, I, I'm i more fearful about them for the next six months okay. than I am that's a, that's 2022, a, 2024. I, I don't believe, to answer your question. No, I, I, I think we would be fortunate and I think it would improve the odds we're going to survive these next six months by keeping you all engaged. If, dude, sure. you're, you're okay. not you're not turning on Fox Hub to find out Kevin McCarthy voted for the fairness doctrine. You know what I'm saying? Dude, dude, do you know what our people would do if they turned on if they turned on Fox Hub and Kevin McCarthy was on there for why we got to shut some of these conservative platforms down? You'd lose your damn minds. No, they're going to play like they're Joan of Arc for the next six months. That's why I'm afraid of our people going back into their, uh, you know, turn out the lights and and back into our zombified Republican mode because they're going to fake this thing. Like they don't screw you when they're out of power, guys. They screw you when you vote them in. They're the greatest minority party in the history of, of, of worldwide political parties. They're they're going to they're going to they're, they're going to do whatever they're going to decide to do with Trump. And we'll discuss that in the overtime. But then once they're going to do that, thinking they can turn the page on Trump one way or the other and then go back to um, opposing Democrats for money, for votes. You get you get they'll support that stuff when they are in power in 20 after the after the midterms if we survive that long. 
No, we should, we we would be fortunate if they were that honest. That would improve the odds we're going to thrive here because it would keep the it would keep the clarity going. I'm concerned about the clarity going away. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Next, Jim Stocker says the Biden administration's education department will mandate public schools to implement the 1619 project. Uh, so they won't do that. They'll, they'll take a bunch of tenants from it and just repackage it as such, but they won't use that. That, ta- that term has been uh, that's, uh, a, that's a mandate. Has been brandished word, it's or tarnished. Happen. It's huh? going to happen. Then that's still a mandate. I mean, there's no... It's bad, so the answer is yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm, I think they will take tenets from it, but it'll be repackaged. The, the branding of 1619 is tarnished. I'm going to sell on this because I don't know how you can mandate something that's already being taught. No, there's, uh, there, there's that too. Up yeah. next, Scott South <laughs> says the United States will be a new or expanded armed conflict on foreign soil within the next two years. Um, yeah, I could see that. I especially if we're talking about um, confusing uh, our response to China post Wuhan virus. Uh, let's go back into the Iran deal, things of that nature. We had a lot of see the one place where Trump's transactionalism really worked. It's odd. It worked better in the Middle East than it did yeah. in Washington D.C. Because. Pardon me. He offered the people in the Middle East, and that's where he set a tone in Riyadh, May of the first year of his presidency. And that deal was this. We'll leave you alone. You leave us alone. Not our job to tell you how to live your lives. If you want to do business with us, we'll try to make you rich. You don't have to, though. And, and go your own way. But if you mess with us, we're going to make you regret that. And a bunch of Middle Eastern, a bunch of Muslim countries signed up for that. The problem we've got now is we're going to have the third term of Biden. So we're back into this idea that we can progressively fashion these civilizations into leftist utopias. We're going to hate us again. Okay. So, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. I will sell that for a couple reasons. Coronavirus has just kind of put a lot of things on hold. Plus, this is one area where they'll never admit it. I think I said this last week, but the Democrats are actually going to be thankful that things have been reset in this way because they want to pour all of their energy in hating their own country. That's where their eye is going to be on the ball. The only caveat to all of this is I can't predict what China, Russia, the Middle East, etc. That's why the, that's, the, I agree with your. That's their impulse. The problem is, though. Their impulses drive the impulses of our enemies at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It emboldens them. Yes. They're going to force us into this. That's 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 I, why I have. That's why I'm buying. May. Yeah. Up next, David Whalen says tranny assistant health secretaries are the price of freedom. Oh, <laughs> chef's kiss. You get it. You get it. That's yeah. where we live. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that's it for now. I actually do have a quick list okay. we can get to All right. that you actually sent me. This was from a listener. If I can pull it up here really, really quick. The top five potential uh, actors to play Lord Nefarious in the upcoming Lord Nefarious movie. Matthew McConaughey, number five, buy, sell, or hold. Oh, bye. I mean, that's a dream to get that. Bye. That's why I'm rooting. This is the one Should time I'm rooting higher? for cancel culture. Should it be higher? Yeah, then? I mean, if he would be number one, if, but yeah. he's way out of our league, but yeah. Uh, number four, Idris Elba. I think... Bye. Um, actually, I think he'd be better for the other role that you guys don't know about that's going to be the major role mm-hmm. in the film. So, but I mean, I love him as an actor, but I think he's better for the other role. 
to sell. Because we're talking about who's playing Nefarious, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Right. The, these last three are people that maybe I know, but I haven't heard of. Bill Nye. Why do I know that name? Let me look. Oh, he he plays the the squid guy in the um, Johnny Depp movies. He's British. He's I'm pretty sure that's who we're oh, talking about. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, yeah. He's also the guy. Flying who, Dutchman he, captain. He, yeah. Um, oh no, that guy. No. But, uh, I, I just looked it up. I recognize him. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. See, I don't know anything about his particular worldview. I know a lot about McConaughey and I th- a little bit about Idris Elba's. So, yes, yeah, Sal. Sal. All right. Uh, let's see. Number two, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. I don't even know who that is, man. So I got to sell. Yes, yeah, Sal. I don't even know who that is. And number one, Michael Christopher Sheen. Let me look that up. I don't know who that is. Michael. Oh, he's like a class. I have his face in my. He's like a classic bad and oh, like a Bond villain. He's isn't the guy he? that plays the serial killer dad on that Fox show. I could see that. Oh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that one I could see. That's an underrated choice. I could see that one for sure. I will right, we'll come back. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, next. Two of my favorite times of the day. One of them right now, I get to talk about uh, the great product that is Built Bar, where you can eat healthier and tastier. It's the best tasting protein bar that you have ever had. Uh, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. If you're going low fat, if you're going keto, if you're just like, you know, I just, I'm counting calories or I just, I want good food that isn't going to kill me. Uh, you're looking uh, for Built Bars. Uh, over 20 flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate, the new white chocolate line is really good uh they come out with seasonal flavors uh as well uh they just came out with a brand new cookie dough that i've yet to try but i've got people emailing me with rave reviews i'm telling you if anything i'm underrating this product don't give up on your new year's resolution because you're like i just i can't eat this cardboard anymore there's a better option out there and it is built bar the best protein bar you've ever had 20 percent off your first order when you use my last name dace d-e-a-c-e as your promo code at builtbar.com b-u-i-l-t for builtbar.com less than 160 or 160 calories or less in every bar five grams of sugar or less in every bar five carbs or less in every bar up to 20 grams of protein in every bar builtbar.com b-u-i-l-t builtbar.com slash promo or promo code dace another favorite time of mine is when i get to talk to our good friend and our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz our colleague here at the blaze daniel good to see you brother how are you Hey, I'm doing all right. Welcome to the Fourth Reich. <laughs> hey, at least we weren't kicked off yet. You know, it's, that's unity. <sighs> nah, yes. Yeah, all right, he's in rare form already, folks. So let's get to it. All right. So I, I want to start with uh, something I heard you play on your podcast the other day. It's it's an excerpt of uh, President Reagan's closing remarks as he was leaving the White House in 1989. Uh, Can you just give us kind of a summation of those remarks and why you thought it was appropriate to revisit them? Sure. You know, everyone remembers Reagan as a sunny optimist, 
um, always forward thinking, forward looking, not the prophet of woe and lamentation, but people forget his very final message, really the closing minutes of his farewell address he delivered January 11th, 1989, was an ominous warning. And, you know, he did it in an optimistic way, but he said, look, people under the age of 35 don't remember what it was like to be an American. Things have changed. It used to be permeated throughout the culture. Um, and he really harped on history and patriotism. And he's like, we, we need to rediscover that. Well, you realize that those people that that nowadays that applies to anyone, according to Reagan, under 74. OK, under 74, according to Reagan, doesn't know what it's like to be an American and mm -hmm. never really lived in an America where the culture um, was permeated by an, a patriotic American point of view in our culture, our history. 31 years ago, Reagan realized, like, look, I got a first down in 1980, but this decline had been going on for a while. The left's assumption of power in all of the cultural institutions was already in earnest for, for several decades at that point. And he recognized the sense of urgency that, you know, we needed to build on Reagan's beginning and double down, but instead we went backwards. So, you know, what we... I think what we never realized is this is the surgery that needed to be done ages ago. And at some point, we crossed the point of no return. We had some lifelines in 92 with a movement, 94 with a movement, and then the late hour 2010 Tea Party movement. But this was lost a long time ago. America's culture was lost a long time ago. Um, they built an insurmountable juggernaut at every level of culture that would allow it to mushroom as technology grew. They would seamlessly flow right into the new institutions from the old ones. And we were always on the ropes and we never did what needed to be done. We needed Reagan times two in 1989. And instead we got the Bushes and the rest is history. That's where this all began. At this point, there's nothing to even save. It's a matter of saving our lives and our liberty, literally, that we could just live on some piece of land somewhere in these 50 states and not have a Gestapo after us and not, you know, mask our faces. Forget about Social Security and Medicare and the great um, the great society that, that Reagan was still hoping to get rid of, uh, you know, fiscal issues balanced budgets. I mean, that was lost 30 years ago, 25 years ago. This is the point a lot of people never realized. All these thumbsuckers are like, we need to go back to the time of Reagan. Dude, Reagan himself recognized in 89 that they were rapidly losing that fight. You don't go 31 years surrendering and having a false party, give the left everything they want, and then come back to us in 2021 and say, hey, we just need to get rid of Trump and, and we'll have Reagan again. Let's talk about Trump. Obviously, his presidency is now at an end, officially. We spent some time, or at least I did, uh, talking a little bit about his legacy at the top of the show, but what are your thoughts? What is ultimately the Trump mm -hmm. legacy? You know, I, I remember one time when I was learning to build a fire and we're camping, I was really starving and I was just so desperate to revive any little bit of smoke I could find. Come on, just like throw some paper in there and just get it lit. And it wasn't working. And that's what this presidency reminded me of. We tried so hard to latch on to anything, give him advice and Look, even if you're the most 
principled, smartest, most coordinated on message conservative imaginable. I think we all agree what we see now, the deep state and the Republican Party is an insurmountable juggernaut for one human being to overcome. But at the same time, what we saw last night is emblematic of what we saw many times throughout the presidency, where he just did things that are so gratuitous that even the deep state wasn't calling for, giving the Snoop Dogg rappers and Democrat donors clemency and Venezuelan amnesty and undoing his own anti-lobbying provision and we saw this again and again i i i don't get the guy i you know i think he should he deserves enduring credit for galvanizing a movement and i think that's the biggest gift he's given us and the question is what we do with that but we have a movement i i believe we wouldn't have had without him um but but i i think it really is an exercise in lost opportunities and i don't mean that realistically he could have Save the Republic. I don't think anyone could have because I just told you that ship sailed 25 to 30 years ago. But I do think we could have had more safeguards in place and a stronger movement in parts of the country that could have saved us from the Fourth Reich we're up against now. Are are we people like us? Are we better off now than we were four years ago? Steve, I would challenge anyone to find me a measure socially, fiscally, immigration. I mean, and I could prove with numbers, you know, the interior enforcement, the border numbers, even in December, we're already at the, up to crisis numbers, interior enforcement in California, and really any place that has a substantial amount of illegal aliens is down 80% because of the sanctuaries. Um we're worse off on every front except for foreign policy, which unfortunately Biden's going to break. I think foreign policy, I mean, you look at the remarkable um, peace through strength without a war, bringing peace to Israel and the Arabs, um, pulling us out mainly from these theaters. I think that is it's appalling how people that said they always wanted that won't give him credit for that. But Steve, what good is foreign policy when we have North Korea in our own communities, in our schools, when we have schools in Alaska where they have children kneeling on pads on the ground as young as five with no chairs and using the chairs for their desk and masked up for seven hours a day? Steve, this is something that, that we didn't even have an example for in North Korea of mm -hmm. what things might look like one day. I don't understand. You know, if you thought maybe we we're better off before March 16th of last year, but once that hit, we are, we are worse off. And again, this is not a matter of it's all Trump's fault, although it is kind of funny. He gave a commendation to Debbie Burks yesterday, too. It's another one of these seven wonders of, of the world. But what, what what is evident is that the left is always on the move. And every month, every year will get worse and worse until iron meets iron, until the swords cross, until you meet a stud behind that drywall and that stud never materialized. And, and that's, that's the reality. They were not pushed back. They were galvanized as if there would be that stud. So they really organized and there was nothing there. And I think Steve, the big question for us going forward is what is the point that the Democrats meet opposition? Is there nothing they could do to us that will 
at least elicit in the red parts of the country a united response from Republican governors and state legislatures and saying this is immoral. We're not doing this just like the left did. I give an example today. The New Mexico governor with her own state inundated by the cartels and drugs and human smuggling and her county officials were saying we're we don't have enough we have like defecation and, and porta potties all over the you know, Hidalgo County there and, and our hospitals are overrun. Remember that two years ago the hospitals mm-hmm. were overrun by legal immigrants. She was like, dude, you're not using our National Guard to secure the border. Screw you. She pulled out her National Guard. And here we have Biden creating a military junta that is just shocking. It's not clear it's going to end anytime soon. And they purge and vet, vet with an ideological litmus test Trump supporters. And no governor rescinds the order and says, hey, like, what the heck? I mean, this is the question. Greg Abbott did tweet. He, he did was tweet, mad. Yeah. Don't do it again. He was mad. Yeah, he, he tweeted he was mad. He did do that. Yeah, he is. And we're going to see a lot of that, by the way. <clears throat> we are going to see a lot of that. Um, I, I, that is the question. I don't know where the floor is. The, the, the dawn of light always comes after the worst darkness. And I think there's a lot of opportunities. But the question is, what sort of shade of darkness will force us to wake up and see the darkness. You, you sound like you sound light. like you sound like Todd citing the prophet Isaiah, where would you yet be struck? That's essentially what you're asking. That that is that yeah. is exactly the verse I had in mind. Yeah. And I don't know where people are. I don't know, but I will tell you that is in our hands. You live in Iowa. There's strong majorities in the legislature. There's a Republican governor. You go down the litany of things that Biden did today that he's promising in his first week. And I will show you 80 to 90 percent of them can really be mitigated at a state level for that state. Democrats have shown that throughout the Trump presidency. I don't I don't see it. I I just I don't see it. I don't understand it. Um, I don't get it. I mean, even Jake Tapper was in his own way kind of saying, hey, whoa, like this ideological vetting is kind of a problem. I I don't understand. But you cannot go on with a Fourth Reich without an opposition. And let me just say a word about the Fourth Reich. You know, when Hitler took power January 30th, 1933, the German people were a lot freer than we are now. They're starting at our 20 yard line already. Um, it took four weeks to have the Reichstag. We had the Reichstag before Biden even came in. We had COVID fascism um, greasing the skids to use an emergency declaration to take away our rights for 10 months for now. And Republican governors helping implement that. Th- there's not much more room to grow. Um, you have FBI agents knocking on doors of anti-lockdown activists who weren't even at the D.C. rally and riot. Um, saying, hey, I heard you're an extremist. Someone just called me about you. I had someone on my show from Michigan, a well-known uh, uh, conservative organizer. His wife's cell phone hmm. got a call from the FBI. This is really happening. Hmm. And I'm not seeing a human being in elected office speaking to the severity of the times we live in. Good as always to talk to you, my friend. Appreciate it. Better luck next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Daniel Horowitz, you know, if you're running a business, the biggest expense and need is human resources, people. Um, 
and human resources. If you've got HR issues, that can kill a business as well. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, looks like those are going to change. Uh, labor regulations, you know those are changing with the new regime. Uh, and human resource manager salaries, I don't know if you guys know this, they're not cheap. They average about 70 grand a year. That's why you want to check out Bambi. It's spelled B as in boy, B-A-M-B-E-E. B-A-M-B-E-E. It was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager uh, to help you craft HR policy, maintain your compliance, and all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability and expense to your biggest strength. Dedicated HR available by phone, email, real-time chat from onboarding determinations. They customize your policies to fit your business, help you manage your employees day-to-day, and all for just $99 a month, and it's month-to-month as well, so no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel any time. Let Bambi help you uh, with a free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Steve right now to schedule your free HR audit for your small business. B-A-M-B-E-E. Bambi.com slash Steve. Again, a free audit of your HR for your small business at Bambi.com slash Steve. Thoughts in the conversation we just had with with uh, with Daniel? Well, I'm glad you referenced uh, Isaiah there because I was tracking with his sense of helplessness the whole time. It's like in Wonder Woman where you, you're searching for Ares and you kill who you think is Ares and the war just keeps going on. That's we. How many times has we... The thought that maybe people wake up and we are better than this and it never, ever happens. And Daniel's wondering exactly what I'm like. What is it? What does it take? What what Aries will it take for everybody to finally say, wow, this really isn't close to the country that I uh, uh, grew up hearing it was founded as. And if I unless I do something about it, it's going to die on my watch. I I, I don't see the people out in the streets that are remotely close to waking up to that reality. Uh, neither do I. Saw a fairly well-known, um, I, I don't know, pundit from from another conservative media outlet last night uh, say something to the effect of, "Guys, cocaine, Mitch is not the uh, is not the enemy of conservatives and Republicans." Saw somebody else this morning say, "You know what? I, I'm just." I'm just ready for this to be over. The, the the last four years have been exhausting. That's what that's what Trump is. Or that's what sorry. That's what Todd is talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. This stuff doesn't just end with Trump leaving. It doesn't. We're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.